Hi, and welcome to episode 321 of No Crying in Baseball, the You're Stuck With Us episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Potty Mouth, you look great. I, I do. You do. You I look happy and chill, and either you're faking it well, or you, you've made some sort of recovery. I'm totally faking it, because I'm feeling kind of like shit, which is a, a bad way to be going into Yom Kippur. So we're recording early in the day, Thank you. Uh, lunchtime instead of evening, because tonight I have to eat a lot right before sundown, before fasting, and this is definitely my le- least favorite holiday, because I don't fast well. And, and a little tip of the hat to my cousin Ken who used to say why do they call it a fast because it goes by so slowly oh for sure yeah so I I don't enjoy fasting but what I do enjoy is the fact that we're drinking a cider now so I usually don't drink right before Yom Kippur but that's the meal right before Yom Kippur but if we start early in the day I have all afternoon to pound the water and And recuperate honestly like day drinking has never occurred to us before (laughs) oh my gosh I was sorry that I you had (laughs) You were mid-sip of yeah. cider. We're, we're yeah. drinking um, a 1911 cider again. We have a nice little stockpile. This one's tropical. I haven't had the tropical one before. It's a great brunch cider. It's lovely. I feel like we should have some tropical music on in the background, like get that vibe Get, get a little. Yeah. Yep. Even though it's like rainy and gray and miserable here in the D.C. area. Yeah. So we're um, people who are not in the D.C. area are very concerned about us being in the middle of a tropical storm. Oh, really? My, my, my siblings. So, so the oh, dramatic. Look at us go. I like it. My siblings in our our group text were sending me very concerned. Have you lost power? Are you okay? Batting Um. down the hatches. I'm like, yeah, I walked into town. I went to the movies. I went to a bar that's actually in the cellar of, of, you know, of a building. I'm not worried about floods or rain or I mean, it's been raining, but it's just been raining. So um, I think this is great that our tropical cider is really our only nod to this whole tropical storm yeah although i wimped out friday night so i had been thinking of going to the nats park on friday night and i know you're going to talk about this more in a moment and it was just it was not a beautiful night for baseball the tropical storm hadn't hit yet and i was very closely following weather.com to see like what hour it was going to start raining and how miserable we would be if we were to go and i just i was tired i'm still feeling a little bit of like that like COVID hangover and I said, fuck it, and we missed a historic event. So now, once again, I'm We missed re- two historic events. Shit. All right. You'll hear about those two historic events that I stupidly missed, but I'm relearning this lesson that I've said many times, which is never pass up an opportunity to go to the ballpark, because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what kind of cool shit you might see. You never know what's going to happen. Along the lines of the time of day that we're recording, I want to get everybody into the right context that we are recording before the Sunday games. Uh, so currently, yes. the playoff stance that we know, Minnesota has clinched the AL Central. As you know, Atlanta's clinched the NL East. The Dodgers have clinched the NL West. And Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and Milwaukee have all clinched playoff berths, but we don't know yet. But nobody else is is solidified yet we are one week to go and things are in mayhem for me personally i'm worried about how i'm spending my afternoon because Hmm. you may have heard that i'm sort of a fan of the o's (laughs) and they are battling it out with tampa bay for first in the in the american league east and i watched the first two games versus the guards which the o's lost and then yesterday, instead of staying home and watching the game, I went to see the Barbie movie, complete with my hot pink fingernails, which is kind of unusual for they me. They look so lovely. And then we went to the Quarry House, which is this bar in a cellar, sort of like the anti-Barbie stereotype <laughs> situation. And while I was doing things that weren't watching the game, the O's won. Oh. So now there's oh. a little part of me oh. that's like, 
should I leave from here to go see the Barbie movie again and uh-huh. then maybe go back to the Quarry House just to ensure <laughs> another victory? I don't know. If the uh, if the O's lose to the guards on Sunday, you'll know it's my fault because I didn't end up doing that. Wow. But it is kind of a win-win thing for you, though, because you're also a guards fan. So Yeah, except for their yeah. playoff considerations. So if it <laughs> was earlier that. in the season, maybe I'd be like, oh, okay, they're fun to watch. I really enjoy the Guardians played great. It was really fun to watch those two teams. It's just that it's so late in the season and Tampa Bay is so close. And it's like, oh, I can't enjoy this in the way I want to enjoy this. All right. Yeah. It's a whole thing. All right. Before we go on to today's show, I just want to do a quick corrections department, which is me correcting myself and me actually confirming myself. At at last week, I sort of threw out that I had heard that Sedan Rafaela's middle name was Chipper. Mm-hmm. And it indeed is Chipper after Chipper Jones because his, his uh, folks were Atlanta fans. But his full name is even more entertaining. And I'm really trying hard to figure out where the other names came from because his full name has actually five names. Sedan Chipper Nicasio Marte Rafaela. So oh. I don't know if the Marte is a family name because that is traditional with Hispanic names. But I don't know about Arubian names or if it's another nod. Another baseball name. So... Yeah. To be continued, maybe next season when we choose our boyfriends. Maybe so. On today's show, our boyfriend segment includes Record Breakers, SpongeBob, and the Hapless Mets. We've got Immigration Law 101. Stay tuned for that. We've got a salute to our patron saint. We've got a newish home for the Rays, and we've got international baseball. Cheers. Cheers. All right, I kicked this off with our baseball boyfriends. These are the guys we picked in the offseason. Each of us pick one guy per team because there is something cool about them, and hopefully they actually play good baseball as well. Yeah? I'm going to insert something here. In my conversation at the mm-hmm. Quarry House yesterday with a friend of mine who listens to the show, I realized there's one thing we haven't been saying about boyfriends that Ooh. helps put them into context. Okay. We choose them. Like the, the cool thing about them is often something that makes us want to have a beer with them. Oh, yeah. It yeah. makes us like feel like we would enjoy spending time in conversation with them. So they could be perfectly lovely humans on all kinds of levels, mm-hmm. but we might not find them interesting enough to want to have a happy hour, Yeah, for and, instance. And that that's kind of key. And being at the Corey House is kind of perfect ambiance for that, because that's exactly the kind of scene that I would imagine wanting to hang out with them at. It's totally the dive bar that you would want to hang out and have a beer or two. Excellent draft list. Sweet. Yes. All right. So a couple of young guys I'd like to have a beer with. They're both of drinking age at this point. So that's a good thing. Corbin Carroll, who we both uh, also is is in our predictions for Rookie of the Year. And holy shit, we might have actually made a good prediction this time around. He this week became the first rookie with 25 home runs and 50 steals. He is the second player who has done this in his under 22 season. And I guess it counts as being under 22, even though he turned 23 on August 21st, because most of the season he was 22. And he is the 13th overall player to accomplish this. So holy shit for his first year. Um, Definitely a big anchor for the D-backs who are, you know, in there somehow. Uh, Also, another record-setting youngster that I picked well, and this is another thing, too. When we pick rookies, sometimes we do premature picking, which is the the year before they actually break out. But Corbin Carroll, his first year. Julio Rodriguez, not his first rodeo, but he's still mighty young. And he is the third player age 22 or younger with over 30 home runs, over 100 RBI, and over 30 stolen bases in a season. The other two guys were A-Rod when he was with Seattle way back when in 98, 
and a guy you're going to be hearing more about soon, which is Mr. Cunha in 2019. He's currently sitting at, and yeah, again, the, I, I linked this in case a game was over by the time we're recording, but it's not. So he's sitting at 31 home runs and 36 stolen bases. So he might get to 40, and instead of a 30-30 year, might have a 30-40 year. So let's see. I'm, I'm excited that I actually picked both these guys this season, and they are keeping my fantasy team afloat. Barely. So here we go with more about Ronald Acuna Jr., who was previously my Atlanta boyfriend years ago. With his leadoff homer Friday night versus the Nationals, he became the fifth player to reach 40-40. That's so amazing. He's the first since Alfonso Soriano in 2006. So it's been a long time since we've had a 40-40 player. He actually has gone 40-60. Yeah. Um, and that was just really shortly after he hit the 30-60. It was the first person to go 30-60. So he just keeps piling on. As of recording, he is at 68 stolen bases. That's crazy. With a week to go. So it is not unheard of that he could actually have a 40 70 season there's there's some talk about well it's these new rules he'd never do this if it wasn't for the new rules well even with the new rules there's only six other players who are currently over 40 stolen bases so huh. if it made it that easy yeah there, there should be more that are at the higher level remember what we talked Good about point. i think just last week or the week before was that the new rules seem to make more players allow more players to steal bases. It doesn't necessarily mean the players who are already stealing a lot are going to steal an enormous amount Interesting. more. Yeah, yeah. Freddie Freeman, who you may have heard of, he was also a boyfriend of mine when he was with the Hammers. You may be familiar with him as a Dodgers player. Now, he's our, uh, known as our the friendliest first baseman. Absolutely. He just reached his first 200-hit season, which is kind of Aww. a big deal, and hot on the heels of his first 2020 season. He's the first first baseman since Ian Desmond in 2018 to get to a 2020 season. And Freeman said, this is one thing I never thought I'd do in my career. First basemen usually aren't the speed demons. <laughs> and his, his dad sent him a congratulatory text when he hit 2020 that just said, fast enough. You nice. know, he's only been caught once. Holy shit. So either he's really careful about taking his opportunities or he's right. just that good. He's also, he's not only fast, but he's old. So now we can add old and fast. <laughs> To our categories. He's the second oldest player with 200 or more hits in a 2020 season behind um, Paul Molitor in uh, 1993. Holy shit. Yeah. So. It, thinking of, of Freddie Freeman as old is bizarre. So, like, I'm thinking a couple of things. One, I'm thinking that friendliest first baseman persona. Like, the pitcher's like, you're not going to steal. You're this, like, happy, smiley guy. Yeah. And and the other thing I'm thinking about is little Charlie Freeman. I love you Charlie. Know, his, his kids are adorable. And I am sure that when we're podcasting in 20 years, that Charlie Freeman is going to be a boyfriend <laughs> while we hobble in. Yep. All right, uh, we do uh, pick new guys every year, but uh, sometimes we like to keep track of some of the special old old guys, former boys, baseball boyfriend picks. And way back, I probably in our first season, I, I think, think so. that I, I picked Joey Votto for the Reds. And Joey Votto this week is bilingual in bikini bottom. So you've probably seen the news because it's all over the place because Joey Votto is adorable. And this is clearly like one of those things for my baseball boyfriends is just a little on the quirky side. He has recorded his role as the French narrator for the Children's Theater of Cincinnati for the upcoming 
production of the SpongeBob Musical Youth Edition. So for those of you in the Cincinnati area, I'm going to give you the deets. It's on, I'm going to be um, playing just Saturdays and Sundays from October 14th through the 22nd. Plus a performance on Friday evening, the 20th. And what I thought was lovely and very sort of in the Joey Votto nice guy um, sort of thread, they're doing a a sensory-friendly production on Wednesday the 18th and making adjustments to the lighting and the sound and the special effects so that people who normally couldn't go to a theater, including, you know, young kids on the spectrum, are able to go and enjoy uh, Joey Votto's French narration. So again, he's recorded and they've been super clear that he's not actually on site. They're just playing his recording and that he is the first Reds player, the first baseball player to record anything for the Children's Theater of Cincinnati. So it's good for ages four and up. There's no intermission. It's an hour. And I quote, it introduces the audience to the world of Bikini Bottom, SpongeBob SquarePants, his neighbor Squidward, his best friend Patrick, and boss Mr. Krabs. For those of you like me who are not intimately uh, familiar with the, the SpongeBob role. What I'm, I'm interested about is the fact him being bilingual is what qualified him for this. But I'm imagining that the audience is not bilingual. So I'm guessing he speaks in English with a French accent. And I'm wondering if you have to be bilingual to be able to do that well. But that's kind of what's been insinuated. He said that he doesn't know if he went well or not. He said, I speak French so I can fake it. So I I don't know where we go with that. But uh, where we go is possibly Cincinnati. Yeah, that would be. I mean, we got a place to stay. We could do that. Oh, wow. Yeah. To go see Bikini SpongeBob musical. Yeah, it's also during the playoffs, however, so I don't know. I I would love, I hope that somehow the recording gets leaked, though, because I'm super curious to hear the French accent or how many French words are actually involved. Yeah. I mean, we know Joey Votto, by the way, is is from Toronto, which is not a a French-speaking area of Canada. However, uh, he is bilingual. All right. Yeah. Um, something else that's not necessarily kid-friendly are currently are the Mets. <laughs> I believe a lot of swearing going on in the context yeah. of the hapless Mets. My Mets boyfriend this year, uh, Mark Vientos, has had an up-and-down season. He was, he was up a little bit. He's been like pushed back down to the minors, back up again. The problem for, with that for Mark is he's known for needing some ramp-up time. Uh, so it's with all those changes, he can't get settled where he needs to get settled to be good. But he's now getting regular playing time with the Mets, who, of course, are have been pushed out of any playoff contention. But he had his first multi-homer game this past week, aw. Wednesday versus Miami, and both of his home runs were on 0-2 counts. So that's pretty cool. He is finishing strong. As I've said before, I look at the guys on my fantasy team who have mm-hmm. had an especially good week and his last seven days include a 321 average and a 964 OPS. So yay for Mark. I'm hoping that he can get that continuous playing time next year as well. Yeah. Tommy Pham, who is a great choice if you play Immaculate Grid, <laughs> was my boyfriend yeah. with St. Louis in 2018. Before he, was, he did a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> before, you know, well, he may have done stupid shit yeah. that I just wasn't aware of so I wasn't True. following him that closely. He's done a lot of stupid shit since. Now, yeah. Now he's doing some incendiary shit, and that is he was with the Mets this season until the trade deadline when he went to Arizona. He's doing great with Arizona. He's having a good finish to his season. But he was interviewed about the Mets because all the money that was poured into them and what's happening, Uh and he said, out of all the teams I played on, this is the least hardest working group of position players I've ever played with. And then he said accepting. He probably didn't use the word accepting, but he accepted (laughs) 
Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, and Nimmo, all of whom oh, have yeah. been my boyfriends. So I've got hardworking, sometimes old, sometimes fast on my list of boyfriend categories. Uh, Buck Showalter was not <laughs> impressed. He imagine. also didn't really care that much. He's like, yeah, you know, you're entitled to your own opinion. But right. um, Tommy Pham is nothing if not outspoken and more opinions than any single person normally has. Right, right. This is the guy who had issues with his fantasy league with uh, Mike Trout being the commissioner. I Speaking of the hapless mitts, though, right before recording, I did see something and I, I looked it up to verify that yesterday, I believe one of my previous picks, Jeff, Jeff McNeil, uh-huh. uh, fouled a ball into his nuts and that... It was, it's like it's that. sort of encapsulating yes. the season. Yep, yeah. encapsulating the season, fouling it into your own groin. <laughs> uh, the hapless, painful, the painful um, Mets. The local broadcasters would say that's McNeil hitting it off McNeil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it time to go to class? It's time to go to class. Okay, students, pick up your pencils, start taking notes. I'm going to review a little bit of this feel-good video of the week that's been floating all over the place and put a little bit of context on it because I think a big question has gone unanswered. So many, many of you may have seen the Bruised Our Gratterall video of his mom seeing him pitch, his mommy Smalia, seeing him pitch for the first time after seven years of separation. Wow. So there's a lot of stuff on, se- on on social media. There's their teary encounter in the airport where she looks at him and says, Ma, oh, you're so big. I mean, he, she lasts on when he was 18 and oh. he's 25. Oh, my gosh. And him crying there. And then he pitches one, two, three inning with a lot of help from his teammates, to tell you the truth. Like, he did get all three batters out. None of them were a strikeout. There were some really good defensive plays. They had his back. But it was his 21st consecutive scoreless inning as a reliever. So super impressive. And then two days later, so that was on Tuesday that she saw him. Two days later, she gets the first pitch. You know, there's been all this like super warm stuff on social media. She throws a strike from the mound. (gasps) Turns out that she was a softball player in Venezuela. So she knew what she was doing and he got his skills from mom. So mom very early on understood that, you know, like for so many of these guys that we talk about, that baseball is really a ticket, right? And so she asked him when he was 14 years old, are you willing to put everything into baseball or do you want to go to school? And and there was also another um, little anecdote about them seeing a family f- selling fruit on the street and her saying like that that's another option if you don't chase this baseball dream with everything that you have. So he chose baseball and she put everything behind it. She was the alarm in the morning, woke him up at 5 a.m. to train daily. And it seems like I, I was trying really hard to figure out who else was in the household. Mm-hmm. Seems like she's a single mom. I couldn't find anything about dad. I also couldn't find anything about siblings. So to be continued, if any of you have more information about the Gradwell family, please send it to the corrections department. Um, he talks about that their their line together was Somos Guerreros, which means we're warriors. We're, we're going to just keep this up because he actually wasn't his first uh, round was not accepted to the academy. And she, you know, doubled down and said, all right, we're going to put in the work. Um, She also was a careful mom in not letting him go out late at night because there is danger in Venezuela, which I'm going to get to a little bit more. So the the last time that she saw him was in when he was playing in the Dominican Summer League in 2015. Also, 
another tangent because I'm so good at tangents and because everything's got to be at the, about the Red Sox. He, this could have been happening in Boston if the Red Sox hadn't f- fucked up because he was supposed to be a big part of the Mookie Betts deal when Mookie Betts and David Price went over to the Dodgers. It was supposed to be for Gratterall plus Verdugo, but the Red Sox balked because he had had Tommy John sur- surgery and they weren't happy with his Wait, but Dugo was okay. Yeah, that's a whole okay, other yeah. fucking tangent. So, yeah. Anyway, we ended up getting um, Connor Wong and Jeter Downs. And yeah, Gratterall clearly would have been a better uh, a better catch for the Red Sox, so to speak. Anyway, so all these articles, lots of emotion, lots of people saying, oh, this is, you know, heartfelt. They've been apart for seven years. How horrible. But nobody answers the question, Why? Why were they apart for seven years? So, dear listeners, here I am answering that question. Uh, Gradwell has been through a lot in those seven years. He had his debut without his mom. He got married in 2021. He had his baby. And all I could see in sort of like the major recording were visa issues. So I'm going to have to do a lot of um, reading between the lines here and a lot of hypothesizing. But, you know, it's our show, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> so do whatever first, I want, damn yeah. it. So if I first, lie with exact figures, I'll lie with exact figures. That's yeah, right. Here we go. So I'm, I'm doing a little bit of conjecture here. But the first question that was floating around, okay, well, why didn't he go see her? Seven years. He couldn't go back to Venezuela. Well, if you look up, um, and there, I'm going to link this in the notes, Venezuela currently has the highest crime rate in the world, 2023, in the world. This is including countries like Haiti that have essentially no government. Venezuela has the highest crime rate. If you read the travel warning from the U.S. State Department, it's pretty ugly. It's basically saying go there at your own risk and you have to come up with all sorts of of fallback situations in case you get in trouble because there is no embassy there. So which I'll also get to. Also, uh, baseball fans, you might remember in 2011, our, our Buffalo Wilson Ramos was abducted, kidnapped for a couple of days. There have been several other baseball players whose, whose family members have been kidnapped. Pirates, Elias Diaz's mom in 2018, son of rookies catcher Jorvit Torrealba in 2009. And that kid is actually now playing. And that's, uh, I think it's going to be in our show notes. It's a lovely article about like him coming out of that experience and wanting to play baseball. Um, mothers, mother of Tigers, Uyeth Urbina in 2005, and former Met Victor Zambrano's mother in 2005. There may have been more, but this is as far as I got. All right, time for another potty mouth tangent. Did you know that Cal Ripken's mom had, was kidnapped? I from, did not. From their, from their doorstep in Aberdeen, Maryland. No. So no. that's another article that's down there somewhere. I did not know that. And no. she was gone for like a, a, a day or something and, and everything worked out okay in the end. But holy shit. Like, wow. I'm, I'm talking about Venezuela and here in Aberdeen, Maryland. Wow. We have Cal Ripken's shocked. mom. I'm shocked. Yeah. All right. So um, I think that's a little bit of evidence for why he didn't go there. It's dangerous. And especially as a baseball player, and especially once you make it big and they know that you have money, you're definitely a target and not wanting to put your family members in increased risk as well by visiting them. All right. Part two. So why didn't she come here? Seven years. Why didn't she visit? Tourist visas are not easy to come by in Venezuela. And, you know, truth being, all over Latin America, tourist visas are super hard to come by. I remember a friend of mine who came to visit from Ecuador a few years ago was super nervous because it just depends on the guy you meet at the embassy for your interview and what you say. And my friend said, 
um, I'm a Derek Jeter fan, and it's his yeah. last. Like, like honestly, he he got interviewed by somebody who is a baseball fan. He said he was coming to see Derek Jeter in his last year, and he got his visa. I don't know. Maybe there's a coincidence, but um, you have to go to the U.S. Embassy to get your tourist visa. 2019, the Department of State suspended the U.S. Embassy in Venezuela. There is no U.S. Embassy functioning in Venezuela. If you are a Venezuelan and you want to get a tourist visa, you need to go to Bogota, Colombia. Also, not an easy trip and and a, a difficult trip to make with something that's very fuzzy on how it's going to go because you go there and they're going to ask for documentation that you might not have with you. And it sounds like a little bit that's what happened with Gradwell because he talks about how they finally got some last documents in. Wow. So immigration can be super, super tricky, super particular about what they're asking you to show when you get a visa even apparently if you're family of a baseball player. You thought co-signing a lease in Brooklyn was, was <laughs> onerous. This is crazy. The other thing I thought was fascinating when I looked into the U.S. Embassy in Venezuela slash now in Bogota's website, they talked about um, you know you, the, getting your passport renewed. And I think that would be the first step. You have to have a valid ven Venezuelan sure. password. It Password. <laughs> passport. Passport. That's it. Um, if your passport expired... Since the last election-ish thing that happened in Venezuela, where the, the current leader, Nicolas Maduro, has been in power since Chavez died, um, it is essentially, you know, a dictatorship slash socialist government, but, you know, not, not in, a, in a good way. Um, that not in a good well socialist governments can be in a good way and, and dictatorship and, and this right dictatorship <laughs> is definitely not in a good way i i mean this is oh, the, the other like little branch that i was going to take is basically oh, you no. know here we go right here we go venezuelan history oh no. right right before 2000 like late 90s uh uh Chavez was, Hugo Chavez was elected, huge popular socialist movement, sort of like in the vein of Castro. And the beginning years were not that bad. You know, it's it has to do with things like sharing the wealth, right? And so there's a huge poor population and it's doing things like redistributing wealth, which is, you know, something that's frowned upon in the good old US of A. But sometimes when you have a huge poor population and things are so skewed, something has to be done. So I'm kind of like, I'm walking a little fine line here between being uh, capitalist and communist is what it comes to. I feel like there needs to be a balancing act, some really. sort of mix. But the the guy who ran Does against, there, well, yeah, okay. I don't anyway. know. I don't know. Go this, I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible. I am not I helping. Could go, I could go way further into this. But the guy who- No, you cannot. Who the U.S. thinks won the election, oh, boy. which is President Guaido, who- um, Apparently, is is the U.S. is still treating like he's actually the president, even though he's not. I mean, Maduro is in charge of wow. Venezuela, but if you look at the the embassy website for extending your Venezuelan passport, it has to be extended by the decree of this president, who's not really president, but the United States thinks he's president, but he's in exile. So things are complicated if you want to get a visa from Venezuela. Is what I'm talking about. All you want to do is see your kid pitch. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then there's the okay. So here's one more part. What about her moving here? Like clearly life in Venezuela is rough. Right. Why doesn't he just bring her here? Well, a lot of other people would like to do that with their families. And immigration law is tricky. Most likely, Gradwell himself 
didn't have a permanent permanent residence, and this is my conjecture, right? A green card until he made it to MLB because we have a lot of guys in the minors from the Dominican Republic, from Venezuela, who would love to stay here but have to go back in the off season because that's the type of visa that they have. You know, otherwise, and, and if you look at the, the movie Sugar, too, about the Dominican player, that's what happens sometimes. Guys are, come here on their temporary visa, overstay, and they're here, you know, without documentation. So Gradoral probably hasn't had a green card until recently. You have to have a green card for five years to become a citizen. You have to be a citizen to sponsor somebody else. Ah. And then there's a whole nother thing about him being an adult sponsoring a parent, which takes a shit long amount of time. Also, to get even more political, between 2018 and 2019, there was a 277% increase in removals of Venezuela in the United States. Now, this is clearly the Trump administration. The Trump administration tightened not only deportations, which Obama was, you know, to, to play both sides of the field, Obama was deporter in chief for a long time, um, but Trump clamped down on legal immigration so that it was harder to legally immigrate. Um, also clamped down on standards from asylum, also clamped down on these three countries that usually didn't get clamped down on. So Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, which were, you know, labeled by the U.S. as communist governments, usually the U.S. had taken those people a lot more readily. But Trump changed that. He reduced legal immigration by 49% during his time in August by uh, office, not August, office by his president's proclamations and denying uh, petitions. So I have so many guesses as to why that's the case, but the, let's not there, go there. There we go. I'm just yeah. going to like, I just opened a, a new cider to get through mm. this. It's the black cherry one. It's delicious. I am almost there. I'm almost done. So basically this is, this is why if, if you had questions about why Brewster Gradwell's mom and she's, she's allowed to stay apparently through the playoffs, but she's going back because she cannot stay because she doesn't have anything probably right now beyond a tourist visa and Gratterall is not able to do anything about that. However, this Thursday, timing, you know, the timing was crazy because it was just as I was starting to look into this. Uh, September 20th, Venezuelans uh, were granted in 2021 under Biden. So this is a little bit of a break of Biden from both Obama and and Trump. Um, created something called temporary protected status for Venezuelans, which is what's happened in the past for countries where the, there's not legal immigration, but the president realizes that there's an urgent need for these people to stay here safely. So Venezuelans were given, because of the, the crisis in Venezuela, temporary protected status in 2021 from Biden. He just renewed it and redesignated it, which is usually when they renew TPS, it's as of that date. So like they still would have had to have get here before 2021. But what Biden did was say, OK, even if you've gotten here up until September 20th, 2023, oh. you can stay under TPS and work, which is really important. So that's immigration one on one for you, one on one for you. But I do also want to urge you to expand your sympathy past Brewster Gratterall and his mom to the so many other people in this country who are going through the same thing and do not have the benefit of having a baseball player to 
you know, garner public support for the situation. And I could tell you story after story of students that I've worked with. I remember last year when I was enrolling a kid who's 18 years old and his mom breaking down in my office because she hadn't seen him since she was a baby. So they had been apart for 17 years because of the danger in Honduras. So, you know, expand, you know, your sympathy a little bit. Um, Maybe we can link some organizations where you can throw your money if you want to support people who are struggling with immigration issues, but uh, that's that's the story behind the story for Bruisdale Gradrall, and I probably just talked for an hour. This, yeah, this is one of those cases where you you can use your celebrity, you can yeah. use the fact that you are a a very visible person to call attention. I mean, that's not why he cried in his mom's arms right. at the airport, but the the subtext of that is. This is only an example, like you said. And so if you you just go ahead and extrapolate from there and say, now you know about this issue, what are you going to do about it? Yep. Wow. Wow. I'm going to talk about a guy who does it all the time. (laughs) Yes, we should be more like this guy, all of us. Um, Everyone should be more like Sean Doolittle, um, except for the whole um, injured leg and tired arm Mm. situation. We talked about our baseball boyfriends. We have a rule that pitchers cannot be baseball boyfriends because it's because we have stupid rules. It's all very complicated, but it made sense at the time. But we do have a patron saint, and our patron saint is Sean Doolittle, formerly of Oakland and more recently of the Nationals, who just retired on Friday. Um, he came to his his retirement uh, press conference with a leg brace and crutches. Oh, uh, so, I didn't see that. Part. Yeah, well, they, it, yeah. He played for 11 seasons. As he said, he, he played about half of that time because he was injured so much. And then he said, thank you, Union. Oh. Right? Kept him gainfully employed yeah. while he was recovering from all of these injuries. I'm going to link to a piece that Chelsea James wrote for the Washington Post. I'm going to quote from it a little bit because she said things that um, I think, if I can speak for the podcast here, that we both feel about Sean Doolittle, who made a point of using his position and his celebrity to do do good mm-hmm. for whatever community he was in. So Chelsea says, Sean Doolittle always meant a little more to Nationals fans for how he thought about his job than how he did it. With his willingness to speak out for marginalized communities, his commitment to serving the city, and his ability to earn respect as the nerdiest guy <laughs> in almost every classically macho clubhouse he entered, he always seemed to be passing through on his way to something else. Sean says, I was able to pitch well enough and contribute to wins on the field enough that whenever I ran my mouth, people listened or paid attention. <laughs> and he pointed out that he and, um, and his wife, Erin Dolan, who um, we also are mm. sort of madly in love with, he said, we love living here. This is home for us. DC, you're stuck with oh, us. So happy. So Sean and Erin both did a lot of work with queer youth, mm-hmm. a lot of work with literacy. Yeah. They are friends to girls baseball yep. in D.C. They they get to a community and they just they dig in. Yeah. Like where where can we be helpful? This is going to be our home now. And I'm I am honored that they're picking our home. Oh yeah, as their home now that they have retired. But he is such a good example. I mean, he was part of a you know he helped win a World Series mm-hmm. for the Nationals. He big time. But he also through his money and his voice yeah. and his example, and will continue to do so. There were jokes um, that, that uh, Davey said, 
Maybe oh. he'll run for mayor. Maybe Aaron will run for mayor. Yeah. And they both said, no. And Aaron then said, please, somebody find Sean a job. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, so they're like, they're both good humans yeah. and they are absolutely a united team. It's never like more one than the other for how they present themselves to the world. And I am honored to have watched him play so many games. And I'm really sorry that his announcement about his retirement came Friday morning when we couldn't really act on because they had a little ceremony from Friday night. Oh. So um, thank you to my friend so who sent me the Friday. video of the uh, of the actual of the um, highlights yeah. of, of of Sean Doolittle's career with the Nationals. But good luck, Sean. Do well. We'll be rooting for you. Yeah, I've actually two I, I have two little things that I saw that I wanted to add on. Um, and let's see if I can remember them both right now. One was he mentioned his gap year with the Reds and and was it the Mariners that increased his ability of being put on the immaculate grid? Which always sure <laughs> well for that. Impressed yeah. with that. And the other was Aaron's tweet where she said, you know, basically being this close to Sean's career was like watching a Subaru Forester in the Daytona 500. He said, first, first you're just impressed as hell that it made in there. Then you're just wondering how far it's going to go and like <laughs> egging it on the whole way. So that's not a, you know, exact so quote, much a Subaru Forester. That's, it's so perfect in so many ways. And we do love a Subaru. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Tampa Bay has a new ballpark coming. It's really happening now, which means the Hallelujah. the St. Pete Rays are going to remain the St. Pete Rays because, <laughs> you know, the Trops in St. Petersburg, it's not in Tampa. And the new ballpark is also going to be in St. Petersburg. So they announced officially, the team announced on Tuesday, the deal to build the new ballpark basically on the same site as the Trop and have it be ready for the 2028 season oh same site well you know there's there's, there's some space there's wow. some space there so the the current the trap they have the lease on it through 2027 so if the timing mm-hmm. works it'll work perfectly not quite a done deal yet because the st petersburg city council and then the county commission still need to vote to approve this deal and part of that is approving that that the city and the county are going to pony up 600 million dollars in public funding, oh, public funding to help pay Ooh. for this ballpark. Tampa Bay Rays were gonna are gonna pick up the rest, like a one point two billion dollar project. So the the team itself is gonna sp- fund slightly more than half of all of this, but public funding for half, which there's all kinds of problems with that. If you remember, um, a couple of months ago we were talking about this process, and in our description we just uh, the St. Petersburg. Mayor Ken Welch talked about how when the trap was initially built and there's a highway put through there, they basically raised a historically black neighborhood mm. to make room for this. Raised and, with a Z. And, yes, raised with a Z. And Mayor Welch's family was one of the families displaced by the construction oh. of that highway and the trap. And so he really had a commitment to trying to do better, mm-hmm. make up for that, do better this time around. It's, it's the same site. So there aren't going to be any more losses like that. But what can we do to come back from this horrible thing that was done 50 years ago? So the current deal includes a $50 million commitment, I'm quoting here, to intentional equity initiatives in partnership with South St. Petersburg that include affordable housing funding, employment and business support, education programs, and minority-slash-women-owned business enterprises hiring commitments. And they're also going to provide a new home for the Carter J. Woodson African-American Museum, all on site. So if you remember, we we're talking about like when the when Oakland was looking at the at the port 
for for a spot. Mm. It was going to be a mixed use thing with affordable housing. So some of these things are starting to get bundled in with new developments. Developments. That's not the case for the Vegas location, but this looks like it's really very important to this contract for the new Tampa Bay slash St. Petersburg actually location. Now, an interesting part of shopping for a new home was that to get to St. Petersburg, you have to cross that damn bridge. Right. And, that's and so like, we're going to try to solve this problem. Well, they're not going to solve the problem. You're still going to have to cross that damn bridge yeah. if you are in Tampa and not in St. Petersburg. So that's not going to solve anything. But the Rays will tell you that they're averaging 4,000 more fans per game than they were last season, which they better the hell be because right. they've got, what, the third or fourth best record in baseball right now. And so, come on, do better. But I feel like they are doing a little bit better with their goals for what else this development is going to include. I'm not so excited about the commitment, the public funding commitment that's required, but there right. you have it. That's that, not unusual. So to, again, two thoughts. One, that 4,000 is maybe that's doubling. Like that could be It could be doubling, increase. man. When the O's play there, you you know there's more O's fans than Tampa Bay fans oh. if you just listen to the anthem. All, <laughs> oh. all around. Also, though, I really hope they fucking – Paint the ceiling. Like how, how, I mean, it's got to be a dome still, but it doesn't have to be white. Yeah. Like just paint do it. Do better. Yeah. Hopefully they'll, they'll do better in a lot of ways. Right. Holy cow. All right. I think I just have a couple of quick internationally baseball announcements. First of all is if you are interested in seeing Dominican baseball right here in the U.S. of A., you can get tickets as of right now. So get online right now to the City Field site. The Tigres de Licey, the last year's champions of LIDAM, the, the Dominican Winter League, are playing against the Aguilas Sabaeñas, who are sort of like the second most successful team in a Titans of the Caribbean matchup at City Field November 10th through 12th. Tickets are on sale now as you're listening because they go on sale Tuesday, uh, November 26th at 10 a.m. If you are a Mets season ticket holder, you can already get them. They went on sale on September 23rd, which I just found out before recording is the 60 shit. I should have written that. I think it's the 67th. Uh, anniversary of the debut of the first Dominican player, yeah. Ozzy Virgil, in MLB. Wow. So Manny Ramirez tweeted a little uh, saludos, a little like shout out to Ozzy Virgil and thanking him for opening the doors for all Dominican players. Nice to see Mer- Manny doing something good and coherent at the same time. Um, also internationally across the pond is right now happening the third Euro Baseball Championship this week. So the first was in 2005, the second one was in 2014, and this is the third. No clue if they have a, if they have a plan on making this a little bit more predictable, but it's happening from September 24th through October 1st. It is a paid viewership if you want to go online to the to the link. I think it's 25 euros for the whole thing and you can do the converting. I think it was like close to 27 bucks. Um there are four groups. There are 16 countries. Mr. Potty Mouth noticed that Israel is included and said the old one of these things is not like, like the, the other. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, maybe the Middle Eastern Championship wouldn't let Israel in. I don't know. It's being hosted by the Czech Republic, who is our favorite underdog because of their smashing um, World Baseball classic, uh, what do you call that, qualifier yep. uh, presence. But, you know, not quite there, but they're, you know, cruising away in the Czech Republic. So check out European baseball if you got some time. I like when you say check out after you say Czech Republic. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to drink to that. 
course you are. What, what a shocker. Mm. We have a quirky little fantasy <laughs> baseball so team with stupid, stupid league, rules. League, league. 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 We each have a ridiculous – well, I have a ridiculous team. A lot nice. of you have really good teams. And uh, the top several are staying the same from week to week, which is Bono's boyfriends, O Contreras, my team is Hurt Ace Suck, Razzle Dazzle, the – the the ripple in the forest is the kids have once again All right. surpassed the wicked awesome Stake team. Their space. So the kids are fifth. The wicked awesome is sixth, followed by the short kings and potty mouth. And at least the defense is good. And can I just say the sunny slammers have made up a lot of ground on yeah. me. So I'm still on number ten, but I feel the sunny slammers breathing down my neck with only a week to go. Anything can right. happen. And the bada bingers. Holding up the rest of us and place number 12. I'm wondering if we should do like MLB drafty kind of things and have the slammers and bada bingers be able to choose first next year because of their, their late late entry this year. I don't or know. I like mean, that, we, or they get first draft picked or I something. I mean, everybody has a has a shot. You know, I, I, we do first come, first serve. All right. So, you know, start planning ahead, folks. You're the commish. I'm the commish. And just keep me away from Tommy Pham because I don't want to <laughs> get bitch slapped. What's happening this week? Oh my God, it's the last week of the regular season. Oh so much is happening. I am glued. I My eyeballs are glued to every game. Yeah, so we're still watching Red Sox games because we're suffering Bostonians. And at this point... You're not Faraday fans. I mean, you know... Not, so that, I feel good about that. Like, yeah, I you're, put on you're, my Red Sox shirt today. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to wear a Red Sox shirt when we go next Saturday. We're going to watch the Red Sox play the second to last game of the season at the O's. The saddest thing... Well, there's a couple of sad things. So first of all, what I'm hoping over the course of this week happens is that the Red Sox somehow get out of the gutter. They're two and a half games in last place at the time of recording behind the Yankees, which sucks. So at this point, like my highest hope for my team is to at least tie with the Yankees for last place or somehow get out of last place. But the, so the, that's like one reason why I will, you know, might be my little vocal little voice in that sold out O's crowd, which is going to be hugely black and orange. And I'll be there with my little red and blue cheering for my little team. I was hoping to see the Urias brothers against each other, Luis with the Red Sox and Ramon, my current boyfriend with the O's. But Luis is on the IL and he is not eligible to even play on Saturday. He could play on Sunday on the last game of the season. Yeah, we could if we have we have. A, it's going to be sold out. So I'm sure. my goal is right now the O's magic number is five to clinch the the um, the division, and that's five a combination of five O's wins and Tampa Bay losses. So technically that could happen before Saturday. Yeah, and if it does, then Saturday's game will be more fun yes. and less. <laughs> Cutthroat, because we do try to be a good example of yeah. civil society right. when we sit next to each other and root for our, our, our dear, nearest and dearest opposing teams. Yeah. And it would be great if it was just a game and not, oh, my God, if they don't win, bad yeah. things happen that for, would be lovely. for either of us. Can I just say that all of the unknowns with the playoffs are wreaking havoc with my membership in my book club? Because <laughs> of the timing and because what of days. Of all the unknowns. Yeah. So here's the thing. We do occasional book clubs at the beach in October. Uh, and next week and the first weekend of October came up. Well, I, I, I can't. We have tickets to the baseball yeah. game. Well, how about the 15th? Well, that's the ALDS. I would be a really bad guest because if my team does well, I will be watching games. So I can't. I'll, I'll yeah. be a terrible guest. So I shouldn't go. 
And then other people couldn't go. So that was, I, I had some cover there. Okay. But then there was, how about November? Let's go, we can go like November 10th. I'm like, okay, that's the end of the World Series. But if, and I'm knocking on wow. every piece of wood I can reach right now, which yeah. are my reading glasses. If good things happen for a team I care about, that's a perfect weekend for our damn parade. Oh, but everything is unknown. I mean, I'm looking yeah. at your like city field for right. the, and I'm like, oh my god, we should get tickets, we should go, but I can't right. count on anything right. until I know more things. And now we're going to enter that part of the season where everything is going to be like a day by day. Okay. I don't know what the rest of my month is going to wow. look like. Well, I feel a little bit better because I was we I didn't put that um city field thing on our calendar and we got tickets to the wait wait don't tell me comedy tour. Ah. So I was kind of thinking, well, maybe we could sell those and go to So anyway, it's it's going to have to be like a last minute. Let's see if we can pull everything together or not. Yikes. I'm guessing it won't be sold out. Yikes. So hey, I hope things are better with your book clubs. Um <laughs> I will say that um, I am thematic. I I convinced my book club to read Doris Kearns Goodwin Dorrance Kearns Goodwin's mm. Wait Till Next Year, which is well baseball-themed memoir. So there, I've got that going on. But really, my I'm just watching every score for a couple of teams right now all week, and I'm a little tense. Okay. I'm just a little bit tense. I hope you are not having book club issues and are, in fact, going to games and watching games. I hope your teams are doing well, unless they're in competition with my teams, in which case, sorry, I have priorities. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope everybody who is fasting had an easy fast. Yeah. Oh, actually, we moved on to a black cherry cider because yeah. that way you get some fruit in before the fast. There we go. Yeah. Different kinds of fruit, a whole variety of fruit. I like it. If we made mistakes that you want to call us on, um, if you are our intern, you can text me. I mean, those are always fun because I get a text saying, hey, you were wrong about, oh, never mind, you fixed it. <laughs> so I, I am, I'm amused by those, but you can always reach us out on social media. You can also tell us nice things, or you can tell us that you want to be involved in next year's Fantasy League. Potty mouth, how do they find us? Yeah, if you want any more details about immigration law, you can write to me at NCIB, NCIB Podcast uh, on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Facebook and Instagram are No Crying and B-Ball. You can throw us a little bit of money into our Keep This Show Afloat Fund on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash No Crying B-Ball. And we super duper appreciate you, even if we are neglectful. But please let us know because we love our patrons, Patreon people and you can always just email us the old-fashioned way ncib podcast at gmail.com and we will get all your corrections that away a quick disclaimer potty mouth is not an immigration lawyer but an immigration lawyer sometimes <laughs> makes her dinner yeah <laughs> absolutely get your booster shot fight the man it's the right thing to do send your game balls to meredith and until next week say good night potty mouth good night potty mouth You know, that's like accessorizing. You mm -hmm. always put on all the things you think, and right. then you take a look, and then you take off two things, <laughs> and, and and then you're accessorized to the right amount. I, yeah, I don't, I don't accessorize. I think that's my, my probably my problem. Well, I just can't maybe relate. in your case and my case, we should look in the mirror and then put on two more things. Right. <laughs>